Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and gosh, am I excited for today's episode. If you've been listening to the podcast here at the start of 2023, you know that we have incredible guests coming on every single Friday, and today, we're keeping that trend going. This is a conversation that I've been so excited about for quite some time now, because we've got the incredible Sage Stewart here on today's show. I want to tell you a little bit about Sage. We're going to get deep into her story and I want to hear about all the amazing things that she's doing. Sage is a holistic brand coach and storyteller turned talk show host. After almost 15 years in human resources and diversity education, she decided to enter entrepreneurship as a coach for new business owners. Her coaching model, it's really interesting the approach that she has and the beliefs that she brings to the table that positively affects these business owners. Her coaching model centers around self-care spirituality and storytelling. Those of you who know me well know how much I love that approach. She believes that everyone has a story, not only any story, but one so powerful that it can connect each of us. When she's not speaking, she spends her time volunteering with Dress for Success and playing with an all-harp ensemble. Sage is incredible at what she does. She's super fascinating, and that's why I'm so excited to dive into my interview with Sage Stewart. Sage, officially, welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for having me today. (laughs) Heck yeah, you heard my excitement in the bio. There's so many aspects to your own story and your journey and what you're up to that I'm excited to dive into. But first things first, fill in the gaps for listeners. Who is Sage? I am, like I said, I spent my time in human resources at national and global corporations. And I decided at my last company, it was going to be the last company I worked for. I decided to become a coach for new entrepreneurs because um, there's a gap there. It's either you're spending thousands of dollars on a business coach, or you try to go to local services that really don't understand what your dreams and purposes are. And so I decided to merge the two and support women, people of color and the neurodiverse. We are still undercapitaled in a lot of ways, underfunded when it comes to venture capitalism. And so if I can do anything to help them share their story and their brand with the world, then, then that's what I'm here to do. And that's what my coaching model is focused on. Yeah, Sage, I love that answer. Obviously, because I love your mission, I love what your business stands for, but also I love, I always tell listeners of this show that success leaves clues. And for all of you listening to Sage's answer right there, you saw that she actually said, here's who I serve, here's why I serve them, and here's how I serve them. So Sage, I love your clarity when it comes to that. And when it comes to the messaging of your business, one thing that I really respect is, I don't see many business coaches saying they are a holistic business coach. something that's thrown around a lot in the world of health and fitness and mindset and spirituality. Talk to us about that combination of holistic approach and business. Sure. So my clients know you can't come to me with any business idea because I have no problem saying, no, I don't want your business. Ultimately, I want for you to step in purpose and stepping in purpose means you're not just starting a business. You're becoming an entrepreneur, which is a life's work, a life's journey. And one of the things I always ask my clients is to tell me a story. And it may or may not have anything to do with the business that they think that they want to do, but if I can connect to a story you tell me, 
then I can help cast the vision for what it is you are actually called here to do on earth. And that's what our process is here. And it, and I find it very, um, it helps me, it helps challenge me to think about what their vision is based off of what they're telling me their true dreams are. One exercise I like to take everyone back to is tell me what your hobbies are because our hobbies tell us a lot about how we self care. And if I can incorporate a healthy hobby lifestyle into your business, then all the better. Because as business owners, as entrepreneurs, if we are not well, then our businesses are not going to succeed. They're not going to be well, regardless of how much income we generate. Yeah, and you already said the word story, which I knew that's going to be such a big part of our conversation here today. So I want to really go deeper into that aspect of it because we hear it so frequently. We hear and we've had guests on the show say it's important for us as entrepreneurs, as business owners to tell our story. But Sage, you know probably even better than I do how many entrepreneurs sit there saying, well, I don't have a story. What is my story? Where do you even start with them in that realm? Sure. So one activity that all of my clients go through is a storyboard process and it's five principles. And really it's about walking through the purpose that you've got, right? Like I'm going to ask you what your gifts are. The next part of your story that I think a lot of us overlook is our pain, right? There was something either traumatic or something that happened to us in a past life or in childhood that shapes our thought process that leads us to today. And so if I can help uncover your pain, then I can um, understand how you problem solve. And really as entrepreneurs, that's what we're here for. We're here to solve problems. So in between your pain and your problem solving is a moment of empowerment, right? Because we cannot successfully lead a business or a team if we're still living in the rut of, of disgust. So. I talk about overcoming that pain, turning it into power, and then living out your possibilities. And all of this happens on a carefully curated storyboard for each of my clients. Yeah, and the thing I love about that part of your approach, and especially I've gone deep into checking out your work, which we're going to talk all about your website that I think everyone should go to because you've just got incredible copy that feels so personable. It feels like it's talking directly to the person who visits your website. And I love that you put such an emphasis on stories for the sake of connection because ultimately business is about people connecting and like you said, solving problems together. Talk to us about that bridge between telling the stories and building that connection. What What is it about stories that are so powerful there? I think a story is the one thing that can, can unify us. And this comes from my years of research and education, right? Like I did my time and training. I can run all the numbers and I can make the numbers say what I want them to say. but if you get somebody in a one-on-one -on -one conversation and you hear them, you can't help but identify with something unique about them. You can say me too. And for me, this is diversity and advocacy done well. And often I think this part is overlooked in corporate America and entrepreneurship, et cetera, to say, if I can connect to your story, then that means I can understand why you created your brand in the first place. And that means I might be a likely consumer maybe not now, but in future for the things that I can identify with directly or somebody who I know might need to use your services because they had this problem too. 
Yeah, and I think you and I are a great personal example of that because before we even hit record today, we were talking about Durham, North Carolina, which is where you're based, where I lived for a few months while I was a teenager. We were talking about Chapel Hill. We both were already excited about getting ice cream in Chapel Hill. So it's stuff like that that not only enhances that connection, but it also makes it more memorable. You know, six months from now, when I see a sign that says, hey, this many miles to Durham, I'm going to think of you and it's only natural. So... One thing that I want to go a little bit deeper in on that regard is the concept of strategy, because the thing that overwhelmingly, when I look at all of the different, we're talking kind of about tactics here, but you also take that higher level approach of approaching business from a point of strategy. How do you lay out that strategy, especially since we've talked about identifying those or honing in on the newer entrepreneurs? who don't often have a strategy, Sage. Take us to those building blocks. So that's really where I leverage my background in human resources. I figure if I can help, you know, support and build a billion dollar company, I can help an an entrepreneur who's never done it before. And fundamentals of business strategy include, right? Understanding finances, understanding profit and loss, understanding what a business plan should look like, understanding how to, curate a networking list. So there are just fundamentals that I I have from my human resources background, but I write I really do try to be extremely thoughtful in giving people the strategies that I know are going to work for their specific needs. So if you come to me and say, "Oh my gosh, I don't know how to save." Well, we need to work us work on um helping you learn how to save because what I don't want is for you to launch your business and your product and you're running your business finances the way you run your home. So, right, we need to have a congruency between if I have a healthy home lifestyle, then those skills are then translate over to how I run my business and then in turn show up in the health of my business. So a lot of it, like I said, is just fundamental corporate strategy. And then the rest of it is about and um, identifying personality types and how people make their um, their decisions. Yeah, and I it's int- always interesting for me to hear the take on transitioning from big business to working. I, I'm guessing that a lot of your clients are more solopreneurs, which is so prevalent within the entrepreneur to entrepreneur community. I'm curious. Obviously, so much of business is universal. Every business is profit incentivized because that's what keeps it rolling. It doesn't mean that we forget about the humans, but it does mean that profit is what keeps businesses alive. And so there are so many of those similarities, but Sage, from your perspective, I'm curious to hear some of the differences you've seen when you're working with solopreneurs. What about your past experience makes you say, holy cow, this is a little bit different. If we can use and understand those differences, then we can combine the two worlds of big business with small business, with those solopreneurs to really accelerate their growth. Yeah. So I think it goes back to what I said earlier of there's a difference between being a business owner and an entrepreneur. I serve entrepreneurs because ultimately entrepreneurship is about serving and it's about giving of oneself, of one's passion. And so if we can figure out how to merge the why behind we do things, then you will see a change in our corporate health overall. I think a lot of times people start businesses not understanding who it is they want to serve and why other than I just want to make money. So for me, um, and I know there's a phrase that goes around conscious capitalism. That's really what 
I try to talk about how can you consciously generate wealth, intelligently serve others, and then create space in the market for people who are entering, knowing that ultimately they're not going to be your competition because their story doesn't match yours. And there is room. Yeah, you are preaching to the choir here. I love that abundance mindset that you put into it. I always say competition in air quotes because so frequently we realize we actually don't have competition. <laughs> so I absolutely love that you share that belief. One thing that I'd love to dive into from there is you talk about entrepreneurs versus business owners. And I love, obviously, you're here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. That is the exact language that we love to talk about. But entrepreneurship in general also comes with increased responsibilities, which means increased stress and increased obligations, increased everything. And that's why part of your bio that I shared with listeners today is about that self-care. Sage, you've been in big business, you've been working with small businesses and entrepreneurs. Talk to us about the self-care that goes into it and why that's so important instead of just something we briefly touch on on a podcast episode. Absolutely, so all of my clients are required to include two things in their business plan. Number one is service, right? So it's my expectation that they have a service model. And then the other one is self-care because you cannot sustain a business thinking, number one, you can do it self-made that doesn't exist, but then number two, from a place where you are unhealthy. So when we build out your business plan, it includes things that people often don't think about, like when do we think we can get you to compensate yourself for the first time? I don't care if it's $10, right? How can we build that into the business plan? How can we build in, if you tell me that you don't function well without seven hours of sleep, that seven hours of sleep needs to be in your business plan. And I don't think we think enough about our personal needs before we start giving. So I literally asked them to make a CEO promise to themselves that they review and read when times get tough, when they need to re-energize, when they need to reconnect to their why. It is their promise to themselves about how they're gonna run the business, how they're gonna care for themselves and how they're gonna project their brand to the world. Yes, amen to that. The quote that comes to mind for me is you can't pour from an empty cup. And I've experienced it so many times throughout my own entrepreneurial journey over the past 15 years that when I personally wasn't in a good space, when I personally didn't have the capacity for my own personal growth, my business also went through those same lulls. So I love that insight, Sage. I so appreciate it. One thing I want to call out because people are probably listening to this going, gosh, Sage is so calm, peaceful, she has such a, a grounded view of reality when it comes to not only life, but also business. One part of that that I really admire is on your website, Sage, which by the way, it's thesagestuart.com, thesagestuart.com. We'll talk about it at the end of today's episode. But one thing I love on your website is your about page because your about page says about us, about me, about you. I want you to take me back to how you even came up with that because clearly the person on the other side of your business is just as important, if not more important, than the person who runs your business, which is you. Talk to me about how that came about. I felt like I had to talk to somebody specific and I think this is where the storyteller um, identity came um, alive. I said, okay, I don't want just another about me page. I wanted something where if I read about this person who claims they can help me, 
there needs to be something so specific that the words matter to me, that I can see myself in another. And for me, that's really where I came up with that concept to say, okay, what can we do together? Because when I invest in my clients, I'm investing in them. They're investing in the health of my business. That means I need to darn well make sure I am 100% committed to everything that their business model consists of. And then when I think about the about me, I wanted to share enough to humanize myself. I talk a lot about, about um, rehumanizing us, not only as entrepreneurs, but people of color, women, etc. to say, I am a human running a business and here's how I have opted to serve on this side of the veil. And then at the last part, I talk about just the fundamentals of coaching because a lot of times people get it wrong. Coaching is not therapy. Coaching is not mentorship, right? There are things that some people just don't know when they interact with a coach or consultant. And so I try to include that as well because that also needs to be a decision. Do you need a coach and a mentor? Do you need a coach and a therapist? So I try to give enough information for them to make an intelligent decision. Heck yeah, Sage, I can't just leave that right there. You told us what coaching isn't. Tell us what a successful coaching relationship is. So that really depends on what type of coach you are after. I think the last time I Googled it, there were about 20 different classifications of coach. I am a holistic brand coach. And by that, I mean, I want to make sure that you step into your business as a whole person and that when the time comes for you to exit or sever or sell your business, there is a strategy in alignment with your values, right? I don't want for someone to say, oh my gosh, someone wants to buy my business and it's the wrong sell or for them to be overwhelmed about making a decision and say, this isn't the right time for me to continue in my business. So I try to make sure that all of their, you know, there, there's a plan in place for you to be a whole person while you're running a business. I am not a relationship coach, <laughs> right? Like I am not an environmental coach. There are so many types of coaches, but ultimately you want to coach who can identify with your lived experiences and you want a coach who can identify with the industries that you are interested in approaching or the clientele that you are interested in serving. Yeah, it's it's really helpful to hear your insights there. I love that you took some time there, Sage, to walk us through that because it is something that we forget about. A lot of people, when they hire a coach, they think that the act of hiring someone is where you solve your problems, but your coach is simply there to guide you through their experiences so that you can take the right actions. And that's why one part of your approach to business that I love is it's right on your homepage. Where are you in your journey? And you've got three different sections there. The planning phase, reconnect to purpose, which is I've been in business for about a year and I need the next steps or ready for possibilities. The sky's the limit. I want to explore my ever expanding abilities. Talk to us about those different stages because it's something I talk about a lot on this podcast and Strategy Wednesdays is understanding where in your journey you are and what actions you need to be doing because if you don't have clients yet, that's a whole different set of things you should be focusing on rather than if you already are making six figures in revenue, seven figures in revenue, that's a different set of focal areas. So Sage, with your experience in both big business and small, I'd love to hear your perspectives on that. Sure. So the first package literally is, I don't know how to write a business plan. I have never written one before. Please help, right? Like 
That's the, I'm raising my hand, <laughs> I need a direction. The second one, and I think the research will support this. I wasn't quite ready for this question, but I'm gonna go with it. But if we notice corporate trends, corporate trend turnover says that people stay in jobs somewhere between 18 months to two years. I believe the entrepreneurial cycle is the same. We have got to reinvent ourselves every 18 months to two years to keep up with market changes, technology advances, um, economic you know, ups and downs. And so if I can catch you, and the same rules applied when I was in corporate, if I can catch you around month 12 to 14, then I can help you navigate what I know is already about to happen because that's what the research says. And then the last part is really about what I call seven streams, one source. When I first entered my entrepreneurial journey, and I don't know how many listeners can attest to this, but I said, I wanna learn how to generate wealth. And a lot of the books that I read talked about seven streams. I was like, okay, great. What do they look like? <laughs> and it's like, you know, your parents died, you've got this house that, you know, sat on the market forever, you've got a spouse, you've got a 401k, you've got these things. And I'm like, well, I'm not married yet. <laughs> I don't want my parents to go anywhere for the foreseeable future, right? So I'm half of the seven streams that these textbooks talk about for generating wealth. And so that third package really is catered to the solopreneur, which is what I call myself, a singlepreneur, a solopreneur who didn't grow up wealthy, who has had to generate six figures all by themselves, who may not have the biggest 401k ever to start investing um, in their business. And so it's really about taking whatever your unique business concept is and blowing it up so that you can start figuring out how to generate passive income from that one business idea that is uniquely yours. I love that overview. There's so many aspects of business knowledge that you've just dropped on listeners. One thing I'm still thinking about, Sage, there was a couple questions ago, but you said the CEO's promise, and that made me feel like this afternoon, I need to sit down and get more serious and intentional about that because the way that you're laying out not only the intention, but the strategy at a high level, and then taking us through the individual steps of it, I absolutely love. But I've realized something, Sage. I let you off a little early in this episode because I didn't ask you about leaving your job. And I do wanna hear about that part of your story because you specifically said, I knew this was gonna be my last job. Talk to us about those transition days. Yeah, unfortunately it was not the friendliest exit, but what I came to realize at the end of my time there is I didn't belong. I was in fact, and I, and I don't say this out of anything other than humility, I knew I was the smartest person in the room I was looking for a new room. And I've often said that when you realize you're the smartest person in the room, you've gotta go find a new room. There were no more rooms for me in corporate America. I had to go and create my own room. And it's really unfortunate because we are seeing this increase of, of women of color who are being forcibly exited or um, unkindly exited from their corporate positions for no other reason than they have an awareness about what's going on and they can't find the advocate in the room. They can't find the sponsor in the room. And that is a part of my story and that's a part of so many of my clients' story. 
And it's really unfortunate to continue to hear, I tried to do everything possible. I wasn't invested in well. I tried to do everything I could and the company didn't support me. Um, but what we are learning is that these women are resilient as am I, and we are overcomers and we are brilliant. So I look forward to sharing my story every time because all it did was motivate me to find what I was truly here to do, what I was called to do. Heck yeah. And when it comes to sharing your story, obviously that leads me naturally into something that I'm so personally excited for you about. And I'm so, I admire you for the opportunities that you not only find, but that you take and that you share with others because I'm so excited to tell listeners that you are now the host of your very own talk show called 10,000 Voices. It's on the Women Win Network, streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick. So you guys got to check it out. Sage, tell Tell us about 10,000 Voices. So 10,000 Voices actually started out as a book. I was sitting with a really good friend of mine and she and I were talking about some of the workplace challenges and wanting to, you know, venture into entrepreneurship and the challenges that come from finding resources and making sure we're aligning with the right partners. So I started writing a book in hopes to figure out how I could serve. I started interviewing these women and they all wanted anonymity. And what I came to realize really quickly is for me, anonymity still felt like silence and I wanted to go and be loud. I did not know. <laughs> and I still don't know who this kind person is. So if you are watching, hello and thank you. I did not know who was watching me on social media as I was talking about building resources and building assets, et cetera. And my story got picked up by Business Insider and they ran that story. And then from there, another lady reached out to me and said, you know, I love your voice. I love your message. Have you thought about having your own talk show? And I said, well, no, not really, but I've been writing this book. I told her about the book and she said, I think that's an amazing platform for a talk show, would these women be okay with not being anonymous anymore? So I had to reinvite the conversation and some of the women did bow out, but the rest of them are airing live now on the Women Win Net, uh, Network, talking about exiting corporate, starting their careers really in midlife um, and their triumphs throughout this process. Heck yeah, Sage, as someone who interviews as many people as I do, one reason that I was looking forward to our conversation today is because I obviously know the value that you bring to the table as a storyteller yourself and as a talk show host. In my head, I was like, Sage is probably just gonna bring the heat and make my job so easy today. It's exactly what you've done. So I so appreciate that and I can't wait to check out 10,000 Voices because I'm sure you bring the heat and the value there as well. As we come towards the end of this episode though, there's one aspect of you that I don't know enough about just yet. Tell me where the harp factors into all of these amazing things that you do. Um, so I actually did a talk about the value of being a hobby hopper and the importance of having hobbies to ground us while we are on 
whatever our journey is in life. So I picked up the harp about six years ago, but I've been a lifelong musician. Um, so I've been a musician since age five. The harp is actually instrument number seven. And so how I found the harp ensemble that I play with here in North Carolina is through my harp teacher and it's all volunteers. And we've got a range of professional world traveling harpists to children who are interested in learning the harp and want to do that for fun. And then you've got the people like me in between the lifelong musicians who just can't keep still. <laughs> I love that. Finally, you've given me a label for myself, Sage, a hobby hopper. That is like my favorite label I've learned this year. <laughs> <laughs> I defend hobby hoppers. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Well, Sage, we covered so much here today. We covered so much strategy. We covered so much intention behind of it. We talked about stories. I'd love to open the floor for you. I don't do this on every guest episode, but I feel like you have so much wisdom and knowledge and most importantly, experiences when it comes to all this stuff that I'd love to ask you a super broad question of for all of those entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs listening to this episode today, what's your number one most actionable piece of advice that they should focus on from here? Find your purpose and go do that. If you deviate from purpose, God, the universe, the spirits are going to have a way to redirect you either through pain, discomfort, or uncomfortable conversations. So step in purpose and go do that. Heck yeah, you can't avoid it. And for all of us who try to avoid it at different pivot points in our journey, so often we're reminded of the big takeaway that Sage just shared with us. So it's a very timely reminder, Sage, and I appreciate that. I feel like we could talk forever, but as we come to the end of this episode, because I know you're always putting so much good stuff out there, this doesn't have to be the end of listeners getting all the awesome Sage advice from you, Sage. I'm sure you use that all the time. So I'd love to open up the floor with you to share with listeners where they can learn more about you, follow your work, check out 10,000 Voices, lay all the good links and resources on us right now. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having me. I am the Sage Stewart. So T-H-E Sage Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T dot com. I am on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at the Sage Stewart. So definitely follow me and don't forget to check out 10,000 Voices on the Women Win Network. Go over to the Queen's Round Table and new episodes air every month. Heck yeah. So for all of you who are on the go listening to this episode, this is the beginning of your Sage Stewart journey and adventure. She puts out so much incredible content. So we're dropping the links to her website, thesagestewart.com in the episode description, as well as links to her socials that she mentioned, and also a note about 10,000 voices. So you can go check that out on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. Sage, on behalf of the entire entrepreneur to entrepreneur community, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.